1: greatness, our own potential, our own just acceptance, our own self-love. And once we can do that, we can really show up into the world as a different version of ourselves, one that loves herself just a little bit more, one that accepts herself a little bit more, one that embraces our talents just a little bit more. And just that little bit more is so beneficial.
0: Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post-divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest, Sean Bradford. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Karen. I'm excited to be on with you today. You know, Sean, I have I have a sister who is a yoga instructor, and I would like to say I have a very regular practice of yoga and meditation. It's not as regular as I would like it to be. And yet I always experience the benefits when I put in the time. And so I'm delighted that today we're going to be sharing with uh, my listeners what the value of uh, yoga and meditation are, especially having gone through such a difficult transition as divorce and now being on the other side of it. And before we dive into that, I would love for you to just share how you came to be involved with uh, yoga and meditation.
1: Absolutely, Karen. So before my divorce, I had started on the path of yoga right after I had my third kid. It was a little bit like, ah, I was a little crazed from that. And I found yoga and I more like the faster movement of yoga when I first started. And I did have yoga as a tool when I first started going through my divorce. And it was interesting because I wanted the divorce and I was very naively thinking everything would be better after my divorce. And during and after the divorce, I just really crashed because it was such a difficult journey for me. And one of the unexpected things that had happened was I couldn't sleep. I developed some insomnia, which was new for me. I never, ever had a problem sleeping before. So it was startling. I had three kids that were like ages four and under. And I really, and I, wow. I worked full time. So I really needed my sleep. And that's when I discovered a practice called yoga nidra. It's N-I-D-R-A. It's technically said yoga nidra. And it translates to yoga sleep. And it was a saving grace because this practice of yoga sleep, I would do to fall asleep too. But more importantly, when I would wake up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever that wake up was where I couldn't get back to sleep before yoga nidra, I was able to get back to sleep. And it was such a gift to discover this. And at the time, I was only using this tool of yoga nidra to fall asleep and to get back to sleep. But... I received so many unexpected benefits from this one strategy. I started to really go deeper inward. I started to make other changes. I started, it's not like it happened overnight, but I started down this path then of self-acceptance, self-care, self-love, and it all stemmed from using yoga nidra first to sleep and then for these other areas. And I loved it so much that, I then became a yoga nidra facilitator by taking another, well, first by becoming a yoga teacher and then a yoga nidra um, facilitator. And then I got all these other certifications and everything I do from teaching yoga in a studio to online to I mostly teach in corporations. I incorporate a little bit of yoga nidra in anything I do because. It's such a healing practice for everybody. And since you can do it laying down, everybody can do it. And I'll take a pause because... I'm so excited about this and I'm sure you have some questions.
0: Well, I do. I'm like, first of all, I'm thinking, wow, I don't know anything about yoga nidra. And secondly, having gone through menopause, the number of years I spent going to sleep without a problem because I was so tired, but waking up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And that was it. I was up for the rest of the night. And I know that so many of our clients and our listeners, uh, experience monkey mind in the middle of the night. And so even if, if you're um, exhausted and going to sleep, many, many people find themselves waking up in those wee hours. And then once the monkey mind starts, that's it. And then you're not getting good night's sleep. And that being low on capacity in that way has such a debilitating effect on your memory, your ability to Um, to regulate your emotions, to negotiate all the things that you need to do during divorce. So, uh, so I'm so curious about this yoga nidra and the way you're describing it, like it really became a a cornerstone in your wheelhouse, which is pretty cool. So can you talk a little bit about um, right off the bat, maybe give our listeners something that they could put into effect right away if sleeping is an issue for them?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I developed a, and I'll say this a few times, but on my website, breatheandwork.com, if you do slash divorce care. Uh, blog slash divorce care. I made for everybody a custom yoga nidra for self-love and self-care. So you can immediately start listening. But I also, and I'll say it here as well, I gave a link for a site that I use called Insight Timer. It's a free app that you can download on, I think, any device. And it literally has thousands of quality free meditations. And the meditation that I'm talking about right now for sleep aid is called Yoga Nidra, N-I-D-R-A, Yoga Nidra. If you type that in to YouTube, to Google, to this app, I'm talking about Insight Timer, you will get literally thousands, I think they're at like a thousand now, free yoga nidras and just pop in your earbud or not. Um, Sometimes I don't like to do an earbud because I want to hear, you know, I still want to keep an eye on the house, but just listen on your phone as you're falling asleep. And it's, it's fascinating. It, it's simple too. All it does is take your awareness to focusing on your breath and then focusing on different parts of your body focusing on some affirmations, maybe some visualization, maybe some sensations and feeling through just guiding you through. But what it develops is is it teaches us and I and I say us women going through a divorce to focus inward on ourselves because often we're not we're still caring for the children. Um, in my case, I was still really outwardly focused on other people way more than I was on myself. So at the core of it, it taught me to bring that care mm-hmm. that I was giving to everybody else, that love, that wanting to quote unquote fix everyone else. It brought all of that inward. And it gave me that permission just to focus on myself. And that's what I love. It's as simple as just popping into YouTube or Insight Timer on your phone, selecting one and laying down and see what will happen. That's it. There's nothing else you need to do.
0: Well, I'm doing that tonight. So beautiful. Yeah. So that so the Yoga Nidra was really it's fascinating, your story, because it was really a tool that you found to help you sleep. And yet it's changed your life, hasn't it? Yes.
1: Yes. And it changed my life so much that I, after I got certificates to teach it, I went a step further and I actually just to give people some science behind it. I went then and got, you know, cause I wanted to add more crazy things to my life. Like I think a lot of us working moms do. I decided to go back to school and get a master's in health. And I did all of my studying my research on yoga nidra and meditation. And there are so many solid studies behind the, proven health and science benefits behind this sleep meditation. It's amazing how many studies there are. So it's also not just me saying this worked for me. It's been, it's been, it's an ancient practice. It's not new, but it's been studied in, oh, maybe about the past 10 years, really extensively because it's so helpful and people are discovering that. And I just love to spread the word because, Everybody can do it. It's totally free to do it. And it's so beneficial.
0: So can you just share with us some of the before we get into the nuts and bolts of the practices? What are some of the benefits of uh, I don't know if we would combine those two together, yoga and meditation, but however you would speak about that, because I think that that's so important, especially there's always a, a segment of the society that, um that looks at these things as woo woo, uh, mm-hmm. which is a term I don't particularly care for. Um, but to put science behind it makes all the difference. So what is the impact of, of these practices on our being?
1: So the impact of this is we, we are very powerful beings and, All of these practice, and you can group them together, whether it's yoga, whether it's yoga nidra, whether it's meditation or mindfulness, we're just going to group them together because all of them are taking our attention inward so we can start to unlock our own greatness, our own potential, our own just acceptance, our own self-love. And once we can do that, we can really show up into the world as a different version of ourselves. One that loves herself just a little bit more. One that accepts herself a little bit more. One that embraces our talents just a little bit more. And just that little bit more is so beneficial. And that's my version of all there's I'm not exaggerating this. So I i am going, I'm going to go up a little off point to make the point. Okay. So I teach a course to yoga teachers, teaching them how to go into corporations and so my course for them is very research based, very science based, because that's the way they have to talk. If they want to go into some pretty conservative businesses to teach yoga, right. they have to keep it very factual, very they have to show that it increases, say, work performance and focus and um, relationships and collaboration, but we can go deeper than that and show that it increases emotional regulation, it increases self acceptance, it increases our self awareness. Right. And I've already said this, but for me, and I feel like there's a lot of people that relate to this, I was so focused on everybody but me before my divorce. After my divorce, until I started with these strategies of yoga and mindfulness, I was still so focused on everybody else right. and yoga, mindfulness, breath meditation. It just teaches us to bring the focus inward. And if we're all just focusing a little bit more on our own happiness, on our own growth, on healing ourselves, think that what that would do to us, you know, as a collective as the world. So that's really what it does. You can boil to me every study that shows yoga makes you happier. Yoga makes you. And when I say yoga again, yoga, meditation, mindfulness makes you more focused. Yoga makes you less stressed. Yoga makes your stomach issues go away. There's obviously more sciencey terms. Yoga makes um, you less likely to develop an illness because you boost your immunity. It's all because we're focusing on what we need. We're empowering ourselves. Something as simple as, oh, I've been working like this for five hours. I remember from my yoga class, you know, Sean or somebody Mm -hmm. else said, roll my shoulders, take care of your own stress. Something as simple as that opens the gateway to say, what can I do for me? How can I take care of myself? And that's just this whole path that leads to many beautiful places. So I, I- Think in a roundabout way. I threw in a lot of benefits, which was your original question,
0: and then <laughs> <some more. laughs> absolutely beautiful. So I love what you're saying because the key thing that we do in coaching is encourage people to stop looking at um, the faults and um, issues with their soon-to-be ex and to look at uh, what they bring to the table, what their reactivity is, what their um, wounds, their unforgiveness, their judgment, their brokenness, whatever it is to just keep on focusing inward. And I love what you're saying because it aligns so beautifully that the practice of yoga and meditation has that invitation of getting to know yourself, of connecting with yourself, connecting with your body, connecting with your your heart, your soul, um, in a way that uh, brings so many benefits, much like being introspective with coaching brings so many benefits. And the other thing that you said, a lot of the people that uh, we work with have a tendency to be... um, people-pleasers or codependent or outwardly focused, right? And so you're also saying that 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 shift that's so important is part of that invitation is through the practices that you offer. So that's beautiful. There's so many benefits. And um, I love that you started with the yoga nidra because it sounds, well, certainly cost-effective at free. And um <laughs> accessible to everybody. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Uh, You know, I know when it comes to yoga, I, I particularly enjoy yin yoga, especially as I get a little bit older and feel like I need, my body could use that slow stretch, but there's so many different types of yogas. So can we just talk a little bit about that and how would someone who maybe hasn't been so physically active, but wants to get engaged with yoga? Like what's a good place to start? I love that.
1: I think starting with just a commitment. So for example, I'll give a, just my little thing. I'm I love to meditate so I can spend maybe more time meditating than on physical exercise. But I also get very like I can get into anxiety if I'm not moving my body. So the point I'm trying to make here is maybe it was about six months ago. I realized I really wasn't moving my body as much as I wanted to every day. And I decided that I needed to walk my dog consistently, just not, you know, here and there. And I started with, because it takes a while to get a new routine going. So I started with committing to simply leashing him up and walking him across the street and then coming back. And then I kept increasing that time until maybe we were doing 15 minute walks until it became a routine. And then. I don't care if I am waking up. I've got one, once a week, I have a class where I teach really early in the morning. I'm up at four in the morning to teach a 5.15 class. My dog is still getting leech, leashed up and just walked across the street, not as 15 minutes. But the point I'm trying to make here is however you wanna commit to any practice you're going to bring in, even the days you don't think you have time for it, do a minute of it. So for example... The best thing I can offer, and I'm going to go back to like YouTube because it's free, right? Is just go on YouTube and start with five minutes. Put in five minute beginner yoga. You're going to get a bunch of hits. Just don't spend a lot of time trying to find anything. Just pick something and do it. And then if you have more time next time, maybe you do 10, 15, maybe 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. Start making yourself a routine. I'm. I love YouTube because it's so much free content. I personally belong to a site called Gaia, G-A-I-A dot com. And that's where I do my online yoga. And I can put in the times too. I've got 10 minutes. I'm doing a 10 minute yin class or a 10 minute beginner class or a 10 minute stretching class or a 10 minute sweat class. You know, they, they have it broken down that much. So my suggestion is... Decide what you want to do. If you're like, no, I do want to try this yoga thing. Great. Commit to it five minutes. You can increase it from there, but start where you can find success with it and just start with that one thing. If the, I'm going back to the yoga nidra, but if that spoke to you, even, even something as simple as just going to insight timer and finding something and laying down, it's still a change in our habit, right? Right. So you might need to post something above your bed that says, do your nightly meditation. You might need to put a timer on that says, go on insight timer. Same with the morning. If you are gonna commit to say a five minute practice, a 10 minute, a 15, a 30 minute, whatever you wanna do, set a timer, put a posting. And even when you don't have time, do a minute. So let's say the day before you did a class and you're like, Oh, I remember that warrior thing. Okay. If you're brand new and that next day, you're like, I literally have no time Do do one warrior on each side so that you keep the pattern of this self-commitment. Cause that's what it is. You're developing a commitment to yourself by keeping this date with yourself and just only do one thing at a time.
0: You know, I love that. And, and I have to be honest, I've been, um, I'm telling everyone this. Uh, It's September of 2021, and I turned 60 this month. And and thank you. And my commitment to myself is um, I've always been physically active, but not lately. And what I love about what you're saying is. Routine and consistency, and that's where I trip up. It's like I get on my bike, I have to do ten miles, and then I don't ride my bike for another week. Or I I do a yoga practice, and it's an hour long, but then I'm not doing it every day. And so, what you're saying is, I know there's a statement about how many days you have to do something for it to become habit. I love the way you said it, which is just be consistent. Be consistent every day. And if we're consistent every day, it will become a routine and to get less caught up in recovering perfectionist, less caught up in, <laughs> I did my hour. I sweat enough. I like, I, I, I pushed past like all that BS and just, I did it every day. I did it week one, every day I did something week two, every day I did something. And what I'm hearing you say is at a certain point, it, it becomes, uh, It be it the consistency locks it in. Is is that fair? I
1: love that phrase. Yeah. The consistency locks it in because the thing of it is think of the things that you do for others, like for our kids, for our loved ones, like we wouldn't not take them to school. We wouldn't not show up to a lunch with a friend. We wouldn't not you know, call that friend to see if they got the promotion. Those are all commitments we're making to other people. And if we've decided like, hey, this yoga or this meditation or this journaling would be a good thing for me. Well, we need to keep that commitment to ourselves because that's how we start building that trust within ourselves, which might Mm -hmm. be broken after a divorce. Just trust in general, trusting ourselves. So keeping a commitment, just pick one thing to start. I'm going to do some yoga each day if that's your thing. I don't care if it's a minute or an hour, do something each day, you're building that commitment to
0: self. Yeah, and the truth is, if I gave my word to somebody else, there was no way I would go back on it. And I give my word to myself and I I go back on it. I, I lay in bed and I come up with my reasons why I'm not going to get up. But there's a difference if I'm not getting up because there's this hour long thing that I don't have time and energy for, but five or 10 minutes, I think we all, virtually everyone can squeeze that in. So I love that. Every divorce has its unique challenges. Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you're concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberlin. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash jbd. There's so many different types of yoga out there. I know I did. I dabbled in hot yoga for a while and really enjoyed that. Um, I know there's much more fast paced yoga. I I don't always know like what Hatha and Vinyasu, like I know the words, but I don't always know what they're connected to. Can you just talk a little bit um, to our audience about that and any other tips you have on how to get started?
1: Absolutely. So what I'll do here is I'll name different types of yoga from actual styles. But then what a lot of teachers do and how I teach, and I'll refer you to yoga with Adrienne. She's a real popular YouTuber, is we'll theme our classes, meaning you want yoga for self-care or you want yoga to stretch the back or you want yoga to relieve neck, neck tension. So first, let's go go over the type of yoga. The most popular in the West is vinyasa yoga. It's kind of that flowing yoga. You'll you'll generally break a sweat. You can still do 10 minutes of it. It's the sun salutations, the planks, the down dogs, the cobras, in case you've seen these pictures, I think we've all heard of like a down dog, the balancing, and that's the vinyasa where it's just really flowing. And it technically it means we're moving one breath per movement. So inhale, exhale, right? Inhale, exhale. I will I do a lot of chair vinyasa. So inhale, mm. exhale. Oh yeah, I could use inhale, that. <laughs> yeah, exhale. And then what you talked about is yin yoga, which is amazing. Think of more stretching because you're provoking tension and you're holding, you're you're opening and elongating the muscle, okay? Then there is restorative yoga, and that's where you're using props. So at home, you might be using a bunch of blankets and pillows to really let yourself be held and release the tension into your prop. So it's just holding poses. Mm. You mentioned hot yoga. You would obviously only go to a studio for that, some people love it. I've got friends that love it. Not my jam, too hot for me. But that's generally that vinyasa that flowy yoga. And then there is kundalini yoga, which is a big focus on the breath. So mm-hmm. something like where we have not just that breath, but it's a big focus on the breath in clearing out with breath. But yoga what it means is to unite and 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 in the physical practice of yoga, we're uniting breath with movement. So there's always a big focus on breath. You put focus on breath, you put focus on you. Mm. So what I like is there's all these different types of yogas, So you can determine your mood. Hey, I want restorative today. I just want to lay or you know what? My mind is swirling. So therefore, you probably want a fast-moving vinyasa, or you can just remember flow yoga because your mind's swirling. You don't want to sit with it. You want to move it out and work out those thoughts, right? Now, with all that being said, the way I prefer to do it, and again, I'll refer you guys to YouTube. I think she has like, I don't know, maybe 7 million followers. So you'll find her easily. It's Yoga with Adrian. Her classes are awesome. I've taken some of them and she themes them. So it might be yoga for back pain, yoga to stretch the hamstrings, yoga for self-care. Literally, if you can think of it, there's going to be a yoga class for it. So think of what you need. Put yoga in front of it. Type it into YouTube. You'll find something.
0: Wow. That's great. That's such a great resource. And I do that. I, I sit a lot coaching, podcasting. And so I'm always looking for something for my hips because um, because our bodies weren't made to sit as much as I said. No. Uh, and, and I have found uh, it to feel so medicinal and therapeutic when I find uh, the right exercises and the right stretches.
1: Because it's really I mean, again, it just boils down, Karen, to exactly what you're saying. It's just a big act of Mm self-care to give ourselves what we need. So first, this awareness, like, what do I need right now? Oh, I've been sitting all day. I need to open my hips and then doing something about it, whether it's two minutes, whether you just simply sit in a figure four. You guys can Google that if you don't know to open up the hips so you can say hip opener when sitting at desk. You'll find something in YouTube for that. And that's an act of self-care because you've identified my hips are tight. So what can I do about it? Mm -hmm. So you're giving this care directly to you because most of us are probably generally giving the care out. So all of this boils down to how can I take care of myself?
0: And one of the things that I find so fascinating, if you could speak to this a little bit, is when I focus on breathing into the place that needs to stretch, I actually feel like my breath goes there. And that seems so bizarre to me. It's like, you know, just, just focus on it and breathe into it. And the whole concept of, um, again, as a recovering perfectionist, like reach your edge and then breathe into it. Like don't force through it. Don't push that muscle harder than it can be. You know, there's something very gentle about um what, The breath does for the body, which I don't know if you could speak more eloquently than I am about that, but it fascinates me. Beautifully on it. I love it because the breath is so
1: powerful. The breath in yoga, we say the breath carries our prana, prana is life force. And I'm going to answer your question a couple of ways. So, first off, all of our energy is right here. So all of you listening right now, just take a really big breath in and just a big breath out. Do it one more time. Big breath in, however you want. And really focus on the breath out. So I don't care how you breathe. If you were just focused on your breath, your attention is right here. All of your energy is in the present moment. So if your attention, your mind, your body, your breath is all in the present moment, that's where all of your energy lives, where all of your attention is. But think how we are most days. We might be working away, but a little part of our part of our mind's like, what's my ex-husband doing? Right. So we're we're there. Then some part of our mind is like, what's going on with my kids? Does she make up with her friend? Did X, Y, Z happen? And then another part's going over our big to-do list. And we're like, are we even gonna get done with work and time to go, you know, get the kids and oh, what's my ex-husband doing again? Is he dating somebody new? And then we've got regrets about the past. So we're all splintered, right? So we're we're here, we're here. Like think of literally. Your body, like, you know, your mind being here, your thoughts being here, your anxiety being here. So if you can start to breathe and bring all of yourself by focusing on your breath to here, the present moment, you're energizing yourself because you're not so split. And it's a practice. It's, it's going to take really a lifetime to keep bringing more and our, more of ourselves to right here. But studies show the more we can bring ourselves into this present moment, the more our mindfulness increases and the happier we become because we're not so split. And the breath, the reason it's so powerful for you, Karen, and everybody is because your breath is always in the present moment. And the moment you can start feeling the breath, noticing the breath, observing the breath however you want to do it talking yourself through the breath I'm breathing in I'm breathing out the more you're training yourself to be in the present moment where everything becomes so much more alivened where everything really is okay and I'm going to say it again where all your energy lives so now on to your question is think about when we're tense you guys like when we're tense, We hold our breath, right? So we're like, we're tense. We're kind of holding our breath and think what you look like. You're like this, right? So you're tensing. The muscle is constricting. But the moment you go, well, let me send my breath to these tight shoulders. You're also softening. The out breath is expanding. So there's so much going on where you're loosening, you're opening your body's letting go with that out breath. And we are powerful, powerful humans. We really are. Our thoughts, and we know this, are powerful. Because Mm -hmm. if we let our thoughts go to, what is my ex-husband doing? Why did he do this? I can't believe he did this. Is he dating? That's powerful. We are totally down. We we can get shut down. We can get sucked in. So think about that. But the opposite, once we can really start believing, I've got this, you're doing a great job. I, I accept that feeling of, Of jealousy, or I accept that feeling of worry, just accepting it. You can do this. You're doing a great job. The moment we start talking to ourselves like that, because we're so powerful, over time we'll start believing it and over time we'll start feeling it. And the breath is always the beginning of that because we can take that deep breath okay, I'm in the present moment because I'm noticing my breath. Now let me say something nice to myself. Let mm-hmm. me say something that I'd say to my child, to my coworker, to my teammate, to, to whoever I love, and let me give it to myself. And let me use that to bring me back to right now, just like the breath does. But I'll wrap up this by saying, the breath always brings us back to the present moment. And all your expansion can start there. Once you really feel that present moment, just by paying attention to your breath.
0: You know, what I love about what you're saying is you're, you're actually describing so many of the practices that we talk to our clients about. So change self-condemnation into self-compassion. And rather than worrying the past and fretting the future, you, um, you stay present. Like, and so you're fully empowered because your 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 head is where your feet are. And you're you're fully focused on yourself. And so I love that this practice and I know and I don't know that we'll get into this, but all of the off the mat philosophy is yoga philosophy is so aligned with everything you're saying. It's like do life the way you do yoga and you know, and you'll be in pretty good shape. So I I love all of that. So what I'm hearing you say so far is Yoga Nidra is a great place to begin. Uh, YouTube has thousands of opportunities, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes, whether it's your neck, your lower back, your hips or whatever, that you can really begin. And one of the most powerful things you said so far is um, be consistent and create a routine by doing something every day, no matter how much time you're spending on it. Love those tips. I want to talk a little bit about meditation before we wrap up. Uh, I actually, when I'm talking to clients, I encourage them to start with three minutes and to just focus on the breath because the breath is always there. Can you, um, can you talk through, you'll be, some people may meditate that we're talking to, but assuming that, um, we're dealing with people who are in a very chaotic time of life, whether they're during or post-divorce and they're listening because they're looking for something, they're looking for some tools and strategies. So what, what would be, um, what would be a good entree into the meditation part? A good say that again an, an entree, a good, a good way to begin. Um, if someone's interested in meditating, would you go back to the Yoga Nidra or is there something else?
1: I would, if I could encourage everybody just to fall asleep to these Yoga Nidras, throw it on when you wake up. I just can't. It was such a, a saving grace for me because if you're not sleeping. You don't have a found it. Divorce is so difficult. I don't care if you want it or not. It's so difficult. So having a good night's sleep to tackle the difficulties is so essential. So I cannot recommend. Just just give it a try for a few weeks and just see. Okay. Now, if you also want, and that is a form of meditation, it's yoga nidra meditation. If you also want to start, let's say when you first wake up in the morning, think about your habit. So. I used to just look at my phone the moment I woke up. So the moment I woke up, I would start giving my energy outward. That's not the the tone I want to set for my day. There was no care. So let's start you off with, like Karen said, three minutes to five minutes of morning meditation. I set two alarms. I set, you know, alarm when I wake up and then I set an alarm 15 minutes later. So my first alarm goes up, I simply sit up And then I meditate for 15 minutes until that alarm goes off. If you want to do three minutes, so let's say you do a 6 a.m. alarm, you sit up, and then the next one goes off at 6.03. That's perfectly fine. You're building that routine, that routine of care for yourself. And I don't care how you meditate. What people say to me is, I can't meditate, Sean, because I can't turn off my mind. You don't need to. You don't have to. We have mindfulness meditation where it's all about observing. So if your mind's going crazy, simply observe and accept because you're building yourself acceptance. I don't care what comes up, no matter the harshness comes up, if images come up, if something comes up that doesn't feel good, just observe with curiosity and as much lovingness for yourself as you can maintain and if you fidget all around, don't worry, observe that. If you if you don't want to close your eyes, don't close your eyes. Maybe you just pick something up. I don't care what it is. I mean, I'm going to pick up a crystal because I've got them, but maybe you pick up a calculator. No, I'm just going to look at the color blue, right? So whatever it is, if you don't want to close your eyes, maybe just gaze at something for three minutes, Okay. Maybe just right in front of you, maybe look outside at a tree. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, not everybody is, just notice what you see behind your eyes. Just observe your experience. And the best tip I can say here is just love whatever comes up, even if it doesn't seem lovable, because you're cultivating that all parts of you are worthy. All parts of you are acceptable. All parts of you are just fine how they are and just, just commit to yourself and there's no right or wrong way to meditate. You just think of it, not even as meditation, but just a few minutes with yourself. And if you rather have somebody guide you throw on that app, I keep talking about insight timer and just find something quickly, but don't do it if it's going to take you five minutes and then you've run out of time. I'd rather have you just sit and, and, Last tip I'll give, I do a lot of, my mind's very active. You guys can probably tell from the way I talk kind of quickly. I'm a little all over the place. So I have an active mind. So I often talk myself through things. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I feel my feet on the ground. I feel my my thighs. So I'll talk myself through just my experience as a way to work with my active mind instead of denying it.
0: You know, I love that because it's like everything's acceptable. I mean, mm-hmm. you're saying so there's is. there's a foundation of sitting quietly and noticing, and outside of that, um, there's not a ho- whole lot of hard and fast rules. Yeah. And then once you get into the practice, I know for a while, uh, I meditated every single day and. And a half hour seemed to go by in the blink of an eye. And I had gotten to such a peaceful place that I didn't want to get up. It's like when the alarm went off in the beginning, the alarm went off and I was like, oh, good, I can get to the next thing. But as I grew in the practice, uh, the enticement of the peace and, and the quiet that came with it was just delicious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And some people, their first time, they might feel that other people might be more like me and their minds just always going to be more active. And so they want more observation. And I will say the reason I love yoga nidra so much is even me with my very active mind and so much going on that practice does bring me to that space where everything kind of stops because you're, you're, you just have to feel it, but just you you feel sensations in your body and you're, you're, you don't have any thought and just, there's this timelessness and you, you can release subconscious Pat, like it, it's an amazing practice. And I really want people just to experience it. But the cool thing is there's so many different ways to just come to yourself, come back to yourself that you'll find something that works for you. Just start by committing to yourself for three to five minutes in the morning and the doors are going to start to open from there.
0: Beautiful. Well, this is so helpful. Um, Do you have any last tips or suggestions before we begin to wrap up? I think that you've shared so much with us already. Thanks, Karen. So
1: I, the last thing I'll bring up is the other I want everybody to think of meditation like that, that friend that is there with you through this hard journey of divorce. So for me, it makes me feel not alone. It makes me feel connected and it makes me feel feel love. So I want you to think of it as a friend. And in the beginning, you're just getting to know that friend and treat it like that. It's something that's always there for you. The other friend that... I utilize a lot of is journaling. That's a really big tool for me as well. And what I put together for everybody is my website is breatheandwork.com. But if you go to my blog, you can also do breatheandwork.com slash blog slash divorce care. I created a yoga nidra called I Am Loved that just really helps you feel connected to yourself and loved. So you can try that out, see what you think of it. I also put my personal morning care routine to give to myself first. And then I also put down my care routine that I do in the evening and both do include a little bit of journaling, but I also drive the point home again that even when it's a crazy day, Even when the only time you have to do any of this, because when my kids were young, I I was not by myself ever like, you know, what I mean, I'd have to go into the bathroom to do two minutes of breathing, you know, I'd have to take my journal in with me or just sit with them like I get it like. Sometimes that's the only time you're getting is a mitt in the bathroom. Well, do your breath work there. Do it when you're walking with them. Do it with them. Like do it in the car. You know, you can all walk yourself. I'm breathing in and breathing out. You can all stay together. But the point I'm also trying to make here is the other tip is I love to journal. I think it's great for an active mind because you can just get everything out on a journal. But I also use it for gratitude. And I also use it to write down affirmations such as I accept myself or whatever I'm working on at at any point in my life. But all of that is in that self-care for divorce page that I made for all of you. So you can find that. I put the link to Insight Timer there and reiterated that one minute is better than no minutes.
0: Beautiful. So we have uh, all of those hot links in the show notes. If you didn't jot it down and you're trying to find them, they're hot linked in the show notes. And Sean, this has been really helpful and insightful. And I think what I love most is it's been such a beautiful invitation to people who aren't practicing uh, that it's so easy to step into it and, um, just start where it works for you. Right. So I, I love that. So there's, there's no pressure for those perfectionists. You don't have to do X amount of time or be able to stand on your head or anything like that. So, and I love that you shared with us all of the benefits um, because those benefits are um, worth their weight in gold, especially going through trials and tribulations like divorce. So thank you so much. Uh, for those of you listening, um, it's breatheandwork.com. You can find all of the links in the show notes. And, um, and if you are interested in learning more, or certainly if you work for a corporation that might be interested in having, uh, Sean, uh, assist with yoga teaching um, please reach out to her and Sean thank you so much for your time and your expertise it's my pleasure Karen thank you very much and we'll be back again shortly with another episode of life after divorce see you then thanks for joining us on the journey beyond divorce podcast I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women throughout one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.